Welcome to Two Pete in a Podcast, where we will talk about child health from birth right away through to adolescence, dealing with issues of illness, development, and everything else that is of importance. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good night. Whenever you're listening to us, this is Two Pete in a Podcast. I'm Michael Platten, and I have Simon Strawn with me. Hello, everybody. And we thought that it would be important to cover the sore mouth as a symptom and just cover a few things in there. And then for our next episode, we'll go into an actual infection of the mouth and then finish off with the episode thereafter, which will be episode seven, where we'll be talking about tonsillitis. And right, so let's jump in. Sore mouth. When we see a child that has a problem in their mouth or in the throat, we always go through what we call an approach. So we look at it from the front all the way to the back. We start at the lips. See what's happening with the lips. Are they dry? Are they cracked? Do they have ulcers? Are there little red dots around the skin, around the lips? What is happening with that? Then we move a bit further in to the inside of the mouth, just behind the lips. So the skin just as you get in through the lips. Uh, and we look in that area, and that's what we call the buccal mucosa, or just the, the lining of the mouth. And we look to see what is happening there. And things that can happen there are ulcers, uh, thrush. Trauma. Face and trauma. And you can course. hurt that area, obviously, of sticking something in your mouth. And this generally, biting. Yeah, biting. So if you've bitten your, 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 some of your forearm or something. And I think it's important because the other thing is that your child may not, in fact, come and say, my mouth is sore. Your child may just be crying. They may be drooling from the mouth. The mouth may be kind of open. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, when the child is kind of pointing to that area, uh, it's important to remember, as Michael said, the approach is from front to back and also outside of the neck. Yeah, it's what we call referred. Yes, but where we are now is important because this is where it's easy to see for you. So you can look <laughs> at the lips yeah. and you can kind of possibly get inside. So when you have to get the teeth open. But anyway, I digress. The mm. important point here was that they may not come and say, my mouth is sore. You may see blood in the mouth, for example, and where is that coming from? Why is the child drooling mm. a lot? Um, so, yeah, so the, the trauma in the mouth from falling or biting, the ulcers, the thrush, which is generally not painful, can make them drool a bit. Uh, and then from there, you obviously, and, and when you do that, you just need to hold the bottom lip and pull it forward very gently in the top lip. Uh, and then you need to be looking at the gums, whether they are teeth. So, so part or of not part teeth. of this is also the, the cheeks. The cheeks, it's, it's yeah, the same. Exactly. It's connected. So on the side of the mouth, inside. Yeah. But yeah, and then you. So if you wanted to look at that, I mean, your your child may not open the mouth, but if you just put your finger into the corner of the mouth and just very gently pull it away, and then you'll be able to see very clearly into the back of the cheeks, and then look at the at the gums. If your child may not have all teeth, may have all teeth, depending on the age mm. of the child. But you are, you're looking to see if there's any bleeding, swelling, ulcers. If there are teeth, have a look at the lining of the gums around the teeth, because sometimes that can look at sw- a bit swollen. That's what we call the gingiva. The gingiva, so like yeah. gingivitis. Yeah. Make sure none of the teeth are missing. They haven't fallen over and knocked a tooth They're out. number one. Yes. <laughs> okay. And then moving a bit further back is the pharyngeal pillars or the arches. We'll come back to the tongue. Okay. Okay. So Simon's busy pointing at the tongue. He's like, do the tongue. I've already started this, so we're going to carry on. So the pharyngeal arches, and that's the McDonald arches that you see at the back, which is connected to your small tongue or the uvula at the back. And it's the soft palate. You can also get ulcers over there, and those are exquisitely painful. And that is the major cause of drooling in children if they have an infection there, or even ulcers. 
because as you swallow hard food, it scratches that. So they, they'll generally, mostly, drink fluids because it doesn't hurt as much. Mm-hmm. And that's how you keep them hydrated when they're sick. Anyway, uh, and then they can also get little, what do you call petechia, red, red dots on there with certain infections, so viral and bacterial, but we'll cover that in the next two podcasts. And then we're going to move a bit forwards backwards and downwards to the tongue. What can happen on the tongue? The tongue can get an infection where it can be affected by the uh, by viruses and cause ulcers like hand, foot and mouth and a couple of and also herpes, but we're going to unpack that in the next podcast a lot more. And geographic tongue. We chatted about this. The geographic tongue, yeah, it's, it's very common. Uh, and it, it occurs usually when the children are a little bit sick, not necessarily with an infection in the mouth, any illness. Mm-hmm. Um, and some children get it as a, as a bit of a reaction or intolerance to foods, specifically very sweet or very salty or very sour foods. Uh, and it does look like an ulcer. You can actually see a raised and flattened area of the tongue. But it's called a geographic tongue because it actually maps the, the, out the top surface of the tongue and makes it look a bit like a map. Mm. Therefore, geographic. I just saw one yesterday. Okay, it's not. It's mm. uh, it can be quite painful. It's uh, not contagious. It's not due to the infection. Uh, and some people have it. Current. Yeah, some yeah. people have it all their life. Mm. My my oldest daughter, who's in her late thirties, I better not say late. She's in her mid thirties. <laughs> she still gets it. She still gets it, and she knows exactly what what causes it, and is quite sore. Mm. Um, so that's there, and obviously, if it's sore, then you just. Puts one of your numbing gels on a duck you would use for teething or something. That helps nicely. Yeah. Okay. Then all the way to the back. We have tonsils and then the actual pharynx or the, the back of the throat. For the tonsils, they can get enlarged uh, as a norm. So normally uh, tonsils in children are bigger than those in adults. And that's just because they are being exposed to more infections and they're responding more actively and recurrently. So they do generally tend to get bigger. Yeah, they're doing they, their job, and they do yes. their job generally during childhood. So they uh, they act like the lymph glands, which is what they are. So any little infection that you get is going to stimulate the tonsils. The tonsils will look bigger. So if you look into the back of a child's mouth who is uh, under five years of age, the tonsils can look quite big. Mm. And remember, the tonsils are sitting if you, as you look into the mouth with the tongue as the base, and you get that M sign like the M which is the, the, the middle of the M caused by the hanging little uvula in the middle, and then the pillars that Michael spoke about, it, the tonsils sit behind those pillars. Mm. In children, they extend into the throat closer to the midline, whereas in adults, you have, sometimes have to have a really good look to see it. But the point you're making is absolutely correct, that the tonsils normally in children, relative to the back of the throat, look bigger than tonsils in the mouth of an adult. And I think just basic medicine... Children, like childhood tonsils, are bigger in general, and your your lymph nodes throughout the, the body reduce in size over time. Yes, just like your thymus, is a body, a, 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 an organ in the in the body that is big when they're born, and then tiny by the time you're eighty. So I think the the one of the things we've spoken about is that it's it's one of the most important things in medicine is to know what normal is. Mm. So if you haven't had a good look at the back of your child's throat when they're crying, so that you don't have to stick something in to depress the tongue, when you have a shot, have a good look at the back of the mouth when your child is well. Mm. So you know what kind of color it is, what the uvula looks like, how big the tonsils are. So that when your child's got a fever and you look into the back of the throat and go, oh, that looks very red, well, it might look red because you've never actually paid attention to it Mm. before. So try and have a good idea of what normal looks like so that we can comment on what abnormal is. And just a, a top tip, 
do this before you send them to school. So you get a good idea what they look like <laughs> before they go to school. So when the changes, you know what's changed. Because at school, they're going to get lots of viruses and That's the tonsils the are really going to be activated and then will enlarge to kind of the norm the norm for that age group. Yeah. And then the back of the throat is the pharynx, which is that red lining. And again, very important to get an idea of what that looks like because it normally looks quite ready pink. Mm. And if you've got a fever, it looks particularly red and pink. Yeah. Um, and that's generally doesn't get the ulcers or the thrush. It just gets a bit red. It can get cobblestones or follicles. And that's little bumps, almost like rocks sunk into a driveway. Cobblestones. And that's just with a persistent post-nasal drip very frequently. And that's just a marker that their nose is constantly producing fluid. And we can treat that. Yeah, you raise another important thing to, to remind people. Have a look at the tongue. Have a look at your own tongue. Say in the mirror and stick your tongue as far out as you can and look at what the surface of your tongue right at the back of your mouth under the uvula looks like. Mm. It's got papillae on it. It's got little raised areas. You mentioned cobblestoning. It's actually even a little bit more prominent yeah, than is, cobblestoning. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's an important feature to know. Know that it's there and that's normal mm. because we often hear moms go, there's something on the back of the tongue. And in yeah, fact, it's just the normal cool. tongue. Because when children cry, they open their mouth so big and their lung and the tongue comes out. Ah, and you can see it. Mm. Like, what the heck is that? So with all of that kind of description of what normal is and what to expect, the next time when your child comes and you think the child, your child's got a, a sore mouth or something going on in the mouth, try and get the mouth open. If the child's crying, have a really good look with a really strong torch. Be aware of what the anatomy looks like. And you will almost always be able to see it. Mm. If you just take a bit of time, use your finger just to move the lips away, move the cheeks away. And if you need to, you can just pop a little teaspoon in and push the tongue down. Yes, the child will gag, but you'll still get a very good look at what's happening at the back of the throat. Or even at a push, video it. Because then you can play the video back and see what, what is there. But you, you use, what, a, use what works for you. You need a strong light to get in the back of the throat to make the video visible. But it's, we have seen Phone some lights, very useful. Yes, yes. <laughs> use what works. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we are done with the sore mouth, so let's wrap up and then we'll hit uh, mouth infections in the next podcast. So if your children have allowed you to, thanks for listening. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you found this of value, please be sure to sign up to our email list at www.careforkids.co.za and that's the numeral four and subscribe in your favorite podcast app or follow us on Facebook at two Pete in a podcast at two Pete in a podcast TWO not the numerical two this is our disclaimer the information we have given you in this podcast is our own personal professional opinion we're giving it to you for your own information Please don't use it to treat yourself or to treat anybody else. Rather, go and see your own medical healthcare provider and follow their advice.